Dinner. <laughs> General, Mr. Chief Inspector. <laughs> That's you now, General Idro. What's happening? What's up, man? How's it going? You know me, big chilling. This is the first virtual uh, podcast. Let, let 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 the people know where you are. Uh, we're in NYC, uh, really New Jersey, West New right. York. Though. I yes, told sir. you guys, this guy's the world's traveler. Ah, big. Get out of here, my bro. Get out of here. <laughs> nah, but, uh, yo, we got a two-peat for them? Two, two yes. guests in a row? Yeah. We about, it about to be two. Back-to-back back to back. Back goats? Back-to-to-back goats, so I Man, beg. Guys, I, didn't I don't know if they're one. ready for this one, though. Yay. Okay, all right. I guess they're just going to have to. Shall go. we? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where's the, the drum roll? <laughs> the man of <laughs> The man of the hour, man. The man of the hour. Why don't you do the honors? Uh, I mean, it's all right. I'll do it. Uh, as guest today for the episode, I don't. Am I yelling? Probably yelling. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just excited. Uh, is the is the big bro, Mr. Uh, Doctor Ismail Baji. Round of applause. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome, 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 welcome to the to the to the conversation. Of uh, the serious guys, the fun guys, <laughs> uh, the Jolla meets the Madi. Nah, so I, I feel lucky, man. I feel like I, I'm being put on to like a new wave, <laughs> you know. Sound so, like so. I'm honored, man. I'm honored, man. I've been a number, you know, big fan from the beginning, man. So I'm just part, you know, happy to be a part of it, man. Nice, nice, well, yeah, nice, we're nice, truly nice. honored to have you. Welcome. Yes, the the boys, the boys appreciate welcome, it, welcome. man. You know, uh, what, what what was I about to say? I was going to say, like, it's crazy now, I guess. Us, we're kind of using these technologies at the same time, what they can allow us to do. I'm still, I don't know. I just think that it's pretty cool yeah. to be able to uh, virtually. I mean, we have virtual meetings at work, but it's like a virtual podcast, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. But I mean, that's what's without cool. further ado, let's let's really it off yeah um, so i guess we can start with an introduction can my uh can you introduce yourself you know and it's it's now we have two jollas and one Madi. Exactly. so yeah. y'all heard episode one my version of the jolla and what it means so i guess we'll give my introduction um who he is you know and everything and what jolla is he so yeah yeah no so i just start again by just being grateful for you know being given an opportunity to join the platform um like i told you guys i think what's dope about the project is you guys are expanding conversations past 140 characters right. um so a meaningful dialogue especially there's a space for young professionals to have meaningful conversations and honest conversations kind of to change the shift in how we think how we communicate so it's an honor um so just a little bit about who i am i'm obviously you know the Brahma's older brother, uh, but I tell people he's the, you know, a finer version uh, of who man, I am. He's you know? gas me um, up. Yeah, my name is Ismail Abaji. I was I was born in Gambia, uh, West Africa, obviously. Um, raised um, in Gambia for the most part, but also raised in New York and had a little bit of stint in Belgium. I, I don't claim it that much because I was too young to remember okay. it. Um, and I've, li- I've lived in New um, in the U.S. For most of my adult life, um, 
so yeah, 33 year old pharmacist by profession, um, but um, African first, obviously a Gambian first, and then everything comes after that. Um, so yeah, and I, I'm sure as we talk, I mean, you guys will of kind course of we'll dissect it all, get to know a little bit more. But that's that's the elevator pitch of who I am uh, for the most part. I'm a father, I have a beautiful daughter, yes. um, Aisha Hadi, um, and I'm married as well too to a beautiful wife, Adama. Uh, so that's who I am um, in a nutshell, man. And uh, what does uh, being, I guess, your heritage, basically, I'm going to quiz you your version of, you know, what you know about our heritage, being Jola, being from the Gambia, West Africa, history, what does that mean to you? No, it's interesting, man. And I think to me, it's always been like a complexity on, like identity is funny, like, because it's almost like a, a, a labeling on the outside of a box or a product, it may not represent what's really inside exactly. of it, but anybody who sees this, like, yo, that's a bottle of Tylenol or that's a box of cereal. So Jola is definitely what I identify with as my dad's tribe. But I tell people I'm like a matrix of all the Gambian tribes where, you know, obviously my dad, as you guys have talked about in the first episode, my dad is a mixture of Jola and Mandinka, but he's more Mandinka influenced than he is Jola influenced. Okay. Uh, my mom, okay. my mom is my mom is Wolof, Wolof as in we own Jolof. Yes, <laughs> for you guys, the real Jira is not this uh, ones that the two countries been plagiarizing. Uh, they know their. So stuff. you mean so, you mean to tell me that every other version is a plagiarism? Look. No, no. Is, is pizza American or Italian? No, no, it's it's cute. You know, Gambians when we hear the the jollof battles, we laugh at it. It's cute to us. This it's is like, very oh, cute. That's, that's funny. This, what? You know? this, this is news. This is news to me. You know, <laughs> it's cute. Yay, good job. The effort is worthy efforts. You know, by the Nigerians and Ghanaians. You know, but but it's all love though, because we're still one people. Uh, exactly. Right, right. So Gambia is Gambia is an interesting. You know fabric of society in a sense that everybody's related because it's only two million people so nobody's purely anything that's true uh, but your last name carries so much weight it carries almost more weight than the content of your character of okay. uh, you know a, a, a composition of your life experiences but definitely jola is something that we also represent proudly because part of it is it's almost there's a mythical aspect to us being Jola because we can't speak the language we we don't know enough about the culture but yet it represents so much of who we are cool. um, so I definitely leverage that to get as much inspiration as it, of it as possible okay yeah is I gotta I gotta go. address the elephant in the room um, yeah tell t- tell the people what you're up to the the big thing you know the what's going on well, in in Gambia and what what you're doing with your partners let us know I mean, okay, let him give us, I feel like, I feel like this is a good, like, the, towards the end, is, but he can give us a sneak peek of what's going to happen yeah. towards the end. No, so, yeah, just a little bit about my professional career. Um, I did my undergrad at Tennessee State, got a degree in HBCU. chemistry, so got the whole HBCU experience, you know, a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Sure. Um, so yeah, it was great. Um, moved on to Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, so I went from a completely black swag surfing you know knock if you buck kind of experience <laughs> uh right uh to p to, to a pwi experience where every brother is your brother you walk you walk by and there's a nod of solidarity with every black you man not, you know? you not. not those funny looking guys uh, everyone got a nod there you know yep. so which was 
it was interesting cultural like experience just seeing the, the flip side where it's like a campus of 35,000 people okay. and it's only 2% black people. Uh, but in a nutshell, I did my professional school, my doctor of pharmacy at, at Purdue, um, and then started practicing as a, as a pharmacist. So I've been working mainly for one company ever since I came out of school, which is Walgreens. Okay. You know, in terms of community pharmacy, uh, it doesn't get any better than Walgreens. They're kind of in the forefront of the profession. Uh, right. So I've been doing that very successful. I was lucky, lucky to get a lot of good opportunities career-wise, which I took advantage of. Um, I think one of the things that benefited most were I never said no to any opportunity uh, in terms of, you know, what the company could provide. Because even before I went to pharmacy school, I knew that I was going to school not to live and work in the U.S., but to see what I could flip and create something back home. Not right? like the extraction. Right. So so it, it's always been my it. You know, when, when we talk about anything that you believe in, you have to will it into existence. You always have to remind yourself, like, yo, I'm here for now. The money may be good. The experiences may be good. But all of this should lead to something, which um, I've been lucky uh, where we, we started a company, a healthcare solutions company, mm -hmm. uh, four years ago, actually, man. Um, so just getting to a point now where we're, get, we're in full-blown you know, full startup phase, we're getting ready to launch in the Gambia. Uh, it's been a long time coming, five years, but I, you know, finally was brave enough, even though, you know, I'm still, you know, afraid sometimes, but I feel alive. So we took the leap of faith, my co-partner and I, Gerard, and we quit our jobs at Walgreens. Mm -hmm. And well, and well, full time to that's try to... The, that's, and you and you said it there. I don't mean to cut you off, but uh, I guess what's striking, Ivan. I know both of us recognize it is, you know, the degrees where got the doctorate degree, right? Right. The job, the American dream, the African parents' uh, prophecy has been fulfilled. Right. right. My yeah. son is a doctor. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. He's working. He got his job. Yeah. You know, and everything is going well. Right. Yep. But uh, that was not enough, right? right. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. And it, it's funny because, like, I, I tell people the best way to describe it is, like, you start running to, a, like, a, a mountaintop. Like, you run, run, run. You get all the way up top. And it's like a mirage. It doesn't feel as satisfying. It, it hasn't felt like you've accomplished yeah. anything. Okay. And there's a level of guilt to it. There's a level of guilt to it, too, because a lot of us, like, once we are comfortable enough, obviously, we see back home is like i'm about to go back and floss for two weeks yeah, you just know, a little stunt. experience it but part of it too is like there's a guilty conscience to like yo like what you're doing in rural america and you're excelling at it yeah. like there's people in your whole country who don't access have access to skills that you have you know so at what point do you decide to do something about it you know and, and as diasporans i think sometimes Comfort is, it's, 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 a, we have a funny relationship with, with comfort because before we come here, like we're used to being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? But when we come to the US, we get comfortable to a point where now we can't imagine life on the continent, like living there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we, it's easy to point fingers from outside. Oh, our governments are corrupt. Yeah. Oh, like the drugs are bad. The healthcare services are bad. You know, it's too hot. You know, people always beg for money. It's always easy to point their fingers, but it takes a lot to be like, okay, let's see what we could do to kind of change the dynamic. You know, I kind of blame, you know, our parents sometimes on oh. how they raised us. Okay, yeah, I agree. You know, which I've talked about a little bit in terms of our elders, I think, failing us with that respect because they didn't instill a sense of, you know, being patriotic in us. They instill okay. a sense of 
be good and get out. So be good so, and get so out. So here's a question for you, right? Are you now stepping away yeah. from professional fulfillment and going full into personal fulfillment? Like this is my calling. This is mm-hmm. what I was meant to do. Let me take this by the horns. Mm-hmm. Is is would that be a fair statement? It would be a fair statement. Okay. Uh, it, it, it'll be a fair statement. Um, it, it's a. It, it's also an honest assessment of what it is that I wanted to, right. you know, create, right? And um, I don't, I don't sugarcoat that uh, the fact that you know, it's 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 okay that you know, let's say I got to a place where I was a young working professional, you know, I was making six figures, but that's that's uh, it's not the honest truth, mm-hmm. right? The honest truth is like, you know, my journey, you know, getting the two degrees, I did it with little understanding of how the country works, how the financial system is built, how debt works. So I racked up a lot of debt to get a six figure salary, right? right? So at the end of the day, it's it's a mm-hmm. wash, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I have to work like a 30, 40 career, year career before, before I even break even. So in the grand scheme of things, when I had my daughter, you know, I talk about it a lot. It made me stop and reflect, okay, like one, what am right. I doing? But why am I doing that? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so a lot of things factors into it, but it began with um, just making an honest assessment of, you know, where I am, what I want to do, but also knowing that I'm comfortable professionally now too, right? Right. Because like I, I did the Walgreens thing where I was successful at it. I learned a lot using other people's money from a corporate from standpoint, a corporate right? So, so, you know, I, I, I knew I, I, I was, I took pride in being a high performer. So I never, so, yeah. Given you heard Kiki's version of the, you know, black female professional in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your, what was your version once you entered that corporate America mindset? Um, of being that young black professional. No, and, and I think Kiki's experience it's it's it 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 resonated with me because it's familiar, right? Right. Uh, but from I guess from a black you know immigrant perspective, and it more than anything, it's it's tiring, right? Because mm-hmm. like you could, I took pride you know pride in you know always trying to be a top performer, but that could be taxing too because you could never bring a C game. You can't afford to operate on a C game because you have no sense of privilege. You don't have no sense of, you always have to be, if you if they identify you as a top performing talent in a corporate mm. structure, right? It, you feel the weight of a whole people in a sense that now you represent every black man. Now you represent every African immigrant, right? So it's easy for you, your actions, your moves, to either in a positive way make it easier for somebody who looks like you to get the opportunity or from a negative way to kind of cast a stereotype of oh this is how they are so it's it's tiring but you always have to stay like sharp in terms of bringing your a game so you can't slip up because it's it's not as forgiving as you know other opportunities and on the flip side too like what's plan b like you put in right for sure yeah if things go south or, you know, uh, like, like it has to work out. Like there's no scenario that exists where, you know, it does not work out. So it, it's, you see it all, but for the most part, it goes back to why you're doing it. Um, especially young as a young professional. Yeah. Um, any job opportunity should be putting you in a position for something that you so want to do. It's to propel not, you, not to. 
keep you yeah, keep exactly. you um, at a at the same level. Right. Absolutely, and it, it yeah. So it there should be nothing that's too small, right? Right. Uh, there should be there should be nothing that's too small because you have to learn, you have to put in your time, you have to get those ten thousand hours. Okay. To get just a level of comfort, knowing that okay, now I could almost dictate my price or I could dictate certain things, and you learn the hard way, which is fine. But um, that comes, you know, I think that's that's like an immigrant's tax because it comes with being an immigrant, not knowing the system. You'll have to work odd jobs. You'll you know. So all of that we I've I've done it, but I, I embrace it as part of the immigrant experience. You know, that's 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 beyond career wise. That's just, you know, being an immigrant trying to kinda make something out of yourself because you can't go back home empty handed, right? Because you you gotta fulfill the promise. Because yeah, you, you you left you left on a promise, right. right? You know, it's like, hey, I'm gonna pray for you, you're out, <laughs> you know. So then you know, it, it it's the whole point, I mean, remember when we said uh, once we've been sent out and shipped to college and, you know, on how we were being raised and everything, it's now really we're the one who have to figure it out and navigate through those waters, right? Right. It's, uh, you know, so I guess at the end of the day, it's that saying we're being too harsh on our parents in that aspect of really when it comes down to the thick of things, when we're in the professional environment and we're trying to have that professional career growth, it's really up to you now, your identity or your your drive, right? Versus we can say we're still trying to fulfill our parents' prophecy. You know? mm-hmm. it's, it, that's over with. It's been over with. That was over with since I would say we were sent off to college, right? Mm-hmm. From there on, it's entirely your own. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, it's interesting. It's and, and, and you know, the thing is, it's, it's honestly not not fair to us, too, from a mental standpoint, right? Because um, like my daughter, I would never want to put that pressure on her, like meaning you have to deliver not only to meet the standards of what's required of you as as an immigrant's child, but like there's a timeline to it as well too, right? So it's like, hey, okay, just a good high school graduation. Okay, good job. Okay, Mm -hmm. law school, good job. Okay, law firm, good job. You know, and not, there's not a single point that I could remember growing up where, you know, my parents sat me down and told me, okay, so we've mapped out the road forward. Let's map out the journey back. Mm-hmm. Home. Cause you're going to, you're going to be a doctor who's successful in America on, 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 on an immigrant standpoint. Okay. But how are you going to be successful back in the Gambia? So I'm not sure how it is like Interesting. in other parts of Africa, but Gambians were raised not to be, not to think of the, not to be patriotic. Not the full circle family, and coming right? down. It's the whole brain dang conversation. Right? So, um, it, 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 it's a it's a one way street, which is ironic because like even like we talk about doing the slave trade, where it's like the journey of no right. return. Like there's you know Gora Island in Ghana, you know where in it's Senegal, like in, yeah. you know in Senegal, you left through that door. It was a journey a of no, no return, return, but yeah. intellectual, right? But intellectually now too, has it changed? Where the best of who we are. It's on the outside, like so. You, but nothing is coming back home. Or if it does come back home, once again, it's like, oh, I've worked this forty years successful career in America. Let me go home and mm. retire. Or, or now you I have build a house there right? and just come for holidays. I have kids who every summer or every December I'll take them back home, throw some African outfits on them, take some pictures, and then send them back to America. But in a sense, they've lost their sense of identity. Um, so, so it's all those elements, man. That this just—I've always found it interesting, Ivan. That you know, 
it, it, it just makes you question like how things you could do out of love, which our parents did in terms of just wanting us to be better than them, wanting us to have opportunities, right. you know, come with side effects like any medication that you take. It could help an ailment, but you might have drowsiness with True. it or you might have diarrhea with it, but it's still it's still curing, you know, a condition. That's the way I kind of look at it. But it, it's just interesting, you know, when you look at what's happening to the country. Is it the same way, I would say, over in the East Africa, Ivan, in Uganda? Would you say this? You know, I, I, I'd have to agree. Because let me, I spoke with a, with a friend of mine uh, who lives in, in Uganda right now. And she was telling me, like, yo, what's your plan? And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you know, probably work here for a little bit, come back home. And she said, that's passive, you know, because mm-hmm. she said, don't be like the rest of them who go out there, right? And stay out mm-hmm. there and forget about us and forget about. I'm like, it, mm-hmm. it, it really, it hit me in the feelings because I, I, I thought a little farther and I was like, that is the general, like, migration mm-hmm. pattern people leave the continent mm-hmm. the brightest and best as a brain drain the migration yeah. for, for capital right yeah they stay yeah. out and it's i mean th- don't get me wrong too it's very comfortable it's very comfortable to be yeah. out of the, the the continent or the country or the village wherever you're from and yeah. and be in settings that are already established it's very comfortable right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if we as a people are trying to really build something and and really take our people from where we are right now to where we want to go, it is a very uncomfortable thing to do. And like Dr. Ish was saying, it it's really having that that moment of let me have a real assessment of where I am right now, you know? Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I mean even because what's what's the population of the country for you guys? I think right now we're at forty five million. Oh okay, wow! Right. Yeah, so we're, we're alive. Right. Think of so, that. So, so Gambia, even like pure Gambians, like a little bit over two million people, like is a is a stretch, yeah, right? Big stretch. And, and on average, I think the last stats I saw is like four percent of the population is outside of the Gambia, right? right? Almost about seventy thousand people recorded through legal means. Obviously, probably it's more than that, mm. right? So just think about the massive level of like intellectuals who are outside. Right. And the crazy thing is, like, if you look at it from a generation, because Gambia, we're a young country, 1965 independence. independence We've had yeah. only three presidents since our independence, okay. right? So it's people in the first republic who are still running the country. Okay. So people my age were early 30s to mid 30s. Gambia's on the verge of losing an entire generation of intellectuals that never contributed right. to, like, the, how the country is being developed, right? Which is scary. That's scary. Right? That is very scary. Because all, all of us, especially my mates, every single one of us right now, like you're a working professional, meaning like in your 30s, you've had maybe seven to, you know, 10 years worth of quality experience as a profession. It's probably less for people like us that have to go to like get a doctorate program where you're eight years of school, but still, but you still have not made an imprint on where the nation is going. Right. right? So, and, and like, I talk about it from a healthcare standpoint too. The scary part is the average Gambian only lives to be sixty-four years old. That's crazy. As a That's man, not life expectancy. Right? That's the life expectancy in Gambia. And, right? and what what do you know what the figures are globally? Like say for here, uh, in the U.S. it's twelve years long. Okay, 
if you compare to a US. Okay. So, uh, yeah, US is 12 years longer, right? right? Asia is probably right? more, you know, like Japan, I know, usually has one of the highest. Yeah, but just think about it, Ivan. So, as a Gambian man, if you're 32 years old, you've basically lived almost half your life, right? right? And, like, <laughs> half, of, half, of, half of your life has been spent contributing to building something that is not yours. Right. And it could never, never be right. yours, right? right? So it, it's that moment of clarity that comes where you're like, okay, how do I navigate this? Um, but it takes, <laughs> it takes being comfortable with like discomfort. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's, it's a huge risk. I never, I, I don't always like to glorify the journey that I'm on right now because it's still scary as hell. Of course, it's, right? not, it's no fairy tale. Right? It's not it, 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 it's, it's it's still scary as hell, and especially from a startup standpoint. Every time you start a business, uh, the chances are the business is gonna fail. Mm. That's just the reality of it. So you're building something that you're passionate about that you think could change the lives of so many people, but yet still, there's so many mountains that you have to move. And sometimes, you know, your own people might put those mountains in front of you. How do you navigate it? You know, it's 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 been a experience in itself but the brain, brain drain in africa has been it's a problem it, it's it's a problem but only we could solve it we have to be a generation that be, look up and realize like yo like right. we can't blame it, we can't blame it on the white man anymore for colonialism True. but now you look up like it's the chinese are coming onto the indians, continent the know. indians are coming onto the continent and we shouldn't sit down and just say oh they're taking over right right right, right this business right you know you should that's why it's, if anything, hey, credit to them. They're going out and finding these markets. Why are we not doing the same instead of sitting down? Yeah. It's, you know, as we had that conversation, like, it's very lazy to blame them, right? To blame other countries coming in and taking over industries in your country. It's very easy to blame them versus mm-hmm. us taking the responsibility for allowing that to actually happen. No, they, they see value in it. It's just like somebody, like, when you're, when somebody's a little bit wiser and you have a child, you have more wisdom than them. They don't see value in something. You're like, okay, hey. Don't worry. Let me just, I'll handle this for you right now. You don't see what I see. You don't see it. By, by the time you're older, like it's turned into something so much bigger. So that's happening, but we can't, we can't be mad at it. It's either we want to do something about it or we don't. So to me, it's just, how do we get? So, and, and I mean, I guess, and what you said is, I mean, you know, we were talking about need. I mean, us, we're each like, let's say, you know, for you, finance and business. Right engineering he's helped we are all being specialized in three different for example just podcast three different industries and we're starting off in america here like he said use them use you know extract knowledge extraction right Right. phase a knowledge extraction you know learn have these mistakes understand the business understand the industries you are gain that technical expertise for when the time comes you know that brain drain can have that reverse brain drain right right? Mm -hmm. so you know and for him, I guess we'll, it will be interesting. We'll, I, I think this would be really cool if we can all talk about, I guess, because he's in healthcare, right. right? And, you know, besides y'all seeing the, UN's, the, the, the UN or ads on TV, donate $1 a day, everyone is Africa is starving. You know, <laughs> yeah. we grew up on a different practices of healthcare right. from our parents using these local medical, uh, you know, treatments. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, you know, some are even superstitious based, I believe. For when we had our injuries, when we had our sicknesses, um, and how that impacted our societies as a whole, right? Because, you know, for us growing up, I would say I saw my parents, my mom, my dad try to use very unconventional methods mm-hmm. for when I had either sicknesses or, in, uh, or injuries, 
um, that are a representation of our African society, mm-hmm. our own traditional methods to now how it blends in with our modern methods. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll start with, you know, I'll start with Ivan and then Ismail, you can kind of talk about health practices, what we know of that are uh, very untraditional and what does that mean our mentality as a, in general in terms of African medicine and health healthcare. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess it, you go. it's interesting that you bring that up because that was the question I was going to ask Ish, is, okay, is, is knowing both sides of, you know, the story now, like, exactly. how, how, how do you see it? No, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, it, it just, it's similar to like spirituality, okay. right? Where like the African person is a spiritual person, like religion existed on the continent way before Islam came, way before Christianity yeah. came. So, so once they came as a way of bringing something else more in terms of imperialism, um, it be- became a blend, right? Right. So now most people still believe in, you know, Mama Africa's dark secrets and things like that, but still could proclaim to be Muslim or Christian. Medicine has become that in a sense where a lot of people, their health is tied more to spirituality than it is to medicine. Okay. So as a healthcare professional trying to navigate that space where you could tell, you know, a grandmother who believes in a root of a, of a stem that could be the end all be all telling her that, Hey, you know, grandma is okay. If you want to drink your every single morning, cause you feel like it's going to cure you from your diabetes or your hypertension. But I just need you to allow me to check your A1C to see what your blood sugars are reading or okay. to check your blood, blood pressure to see what it's reading. And I could tell you what that means. Cause you know, your blood pressure reading, meaning this, and your heart is working harder or your kidneys are functioning harder. And if your kidneys shut down, this is what happens. So a lot of it is not only because, you know, Africans in general, people resist change, right? right? So it's a give and take situation where you allow them to, you know, still do what they believe in because then it becomes a win-win situation, but still using modern medicine because like I tell people all the time, I'm never going to be an expert in like traditional medicine. That's right. not what I went to school for. But I could tell you for a fact that let's say your A1C, which is the you know hallmark measure for somebody who has diabetes, it always should be less than, you know, 7%, less than 6.5%. If I take your, you know, measurement for your A1C and it's 11%, I could tell you that more than likely your diabetes is out of control and something needs to happen. Right. Okay. So I'm not telling you to stop stop believing anything, but I need you to allow me to help, you know, help you in terms of managing the disease state. So which is why uh, where even when we were creating, you know, Innovrex Global Health, we wanted to make sure we're heavy on um, we're heavy on an outcome based, you know, type of medicine because the healthcare field, there's a lot of blind medicine in, in Africa where they just tell you, hey, take this. Take this. Do- doctor gives you a white pill, take it every morning. You don't know what the white pill does. You don't know what yeah, it's yeah, useful. Like that. Right? So right. It, it's, it's, you know, and it goes back to like, if you're used to the U.S. health system, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of African healthcare providers find it difficult to go back home because the ecosystem does not exist uh, for them to utilize that, their skills. That's, that's a good point. So I guess, so okay. now it's, it's not a, a matter of I'm wrong. You're right. It's a matter that I guess the the challenge for you is how do you incorporate what they know and what you know and better their their situation, right? A- absolutely. Okay. And to a point where they understand that okay, if your kidney function is decreasing and you refuse 
to take medication. God could only help you so much, mm. right? It's not, I'm not trying to come against your belief systems because I think religion is an absolutely amazing foundation to morality. Right. Um, and our African culture with the respect, you know, how it's, it's something it's all tied, in, it's tied like, into it, right? Right. But also, I feel like the same way God could bless you in one way, God could always bless you through somebody else in the form of a healthcare professional who God has given knowledge to understand the body and how it works to kind of help you live longer. Because now you make that transition from medicine to like humanity. Because if you live longer, you know, you get to see your grandkids more. I mean, you get to tell them more about their culture and heritage. You know, Ibo and I could tell you this, like, we don't, we, we really don't know our grandparents, right? Because right? Right. They, they, they died in their 60s, like, and in the U.S., like, people live to, like, 80, young, right? 90, 60. That. It's like, by it's, 60 years old, you've lost all, like, no, all your grandparents are gone. It, it's retirement age, yeah. right? Yeah. 65 years old is when your Medicare kicks in in the U.S., right? 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 So imagine living in a society where before AARP calls you, you're already dead, right? Yeah. So a, a, a lot of what's happening with our generation from a cultural standpoint where things are not being transferred from generation to generation, our grandparents are just not living longer. True. And African history is an oral history. We don't write we things don't write down, down, right? There's no data collection over yeah. years of time, very few. So, so many things are, are embedded as one complicated, like, ecosystem where as a healthcare, you just have to find a way to navigate it where they see value in what you're providing as well, too. That's true. Uh, which is what, to me, is the hardest challenge for us to be successful in Africa as doing, trying to do something that's never been done. Um, but it also excites me because I know there's an opportunity. So where people it's see... There, there's, right? you know, it's, it's there, nothing, it's not been done before. And, you know, I guess that is the challenge, but that is the reward yeah. as well. Yeah, where people see problems, you can see opportunities. It just depends on what your perspective is, right? And it, it keeps you more creative that way. That's true. It, it really does keep you more creative that way because it's like somebody from a finance guy, you know, I mean, somebody giving you a blank sheet of paper right. and tell you, hey, draw a picture, right, right based on what, what you right. know, right? right. <laughs> and you don't have any regulations and laws. Like the U.S. system is so hard to do certain things. You know, but Africa is it's ripe for, you know, innovation. So right. you've accumulated this wealth of knowledge in any field and somebody giving you a blank sheet of paper until you draw something, just draw a canvas, whichever way you want to do it. Um, so that's that's the space that we're in, which is like it, it, it brings life to us. I got to say, yeah. man, I got to say, like, I, what, what a blessing, because I hadn't even really put this into perspective. You know what I mean? And I mm -hmm. think that, especially us being out here, say, E-Boy, me, you, we mm -hmm. kind of take for granted our health in the sense that we think that we'll live to a certain age, right? We just mm -hmm. think so, right? We it's an think assumption, so. maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, reality hits, and then people like you put things in perspective, and now you start to think, wait a minute, you know, I need to look out for my boy because he might not get there. You know, if I don't start paying attention now, I might not get there. Absolutely. And, and men are worse. Yeah. And a a African men are African actually... men. When was, like, have I dad ever said, like, no, check your diet, check what you're eating, no. what's your health? It, it, it's never been, you know, it, it's a theory, if anything. Yeah. And, and it's a funny thing, because we always have a joke that men, especially most black men, right. they, spend, they spend their whole lives chasing money right. to get old and spend all their money chasing their health. Right. Wow. 
right? That's fact. So, <laughs> so you work, work, ignore yeah. everything. Like you could be driving a Maserati and never check the oil engine. That engine is gonna blow up on you at some point, and that you Maserati. Know what happened, right? Right? <laughs> so yeah. That's why even a lot of people, a lot of people that know me, like I'm crazy about fitness because like everybody is vulnerable. Like your body, if you don't take care right. of it, you're not gonna live longer. That's so true. The world works that way, where to every action there's an equal or opposite reaction. Right. So as a new your metabolism is gonna slow down. You're gonna start picking up weight. Your BMI is gonna don't go depend up. on your genes your, out here. Your blood pressure is gonna go up. Some people just by nature of being African, you're more predisposed to your body, like holding on to more salt than an average person. Meaning, high blood pressure risks are high. So you could see so many people on the continent that even just a regular checkup, they could go a decade and have they've, they've never known what their cholesterol level is, mm -hmm. right? So they just drop dead, mm -hmm. you know, and our culture, going back to our culture, you drop dead. Oh, man. God's oh, time. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Used to you have know? this old, like, what's it? The Yala Bana? Yala Bana. Yeah, this place, Ivan. Yala Bana. It's God's will. Oh, oh. God's willing, you know, his time was right. Oh, yeah. Or oh, even on the, on, on the flip side. Oh, the flip oh that dead lady she used witchcraft on my son <laughs> <laughs> you know no your your son was eating too much rice and he had diabetes you, you know see? you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> the marabou man had nothing to do with that the, right aesthetics. oh man you know he had diabetes the signs were there but you know uh, we, we we you know it, it's all just oh man yeah you know no, no action was done you know about the person's health Versus just, you know, just basically putting a cloth, a like blanket over it of, you know, yeah, no. his time was up. No. Well, you know, we have this phrase, like we were saying, which is called Yalabana. Yalabana. Yeah. Know, uh, God is good. God is good. It's God's will. Yeah. You know, it's God's will. And, and, and men, like, I'm, I'm, I'm huge for men because the thing is, like, you know, men, if it's not bleeding, broken, or burning, <laughs> it's <laughs> fine, right? The it's no, no to need the to worry. Yeah. Right? And we have a very low threshold, pain threshold compared to women. Like very low. We can't take it. Women could tolerate it. Any man who has a wife who's given birth, you will understand that men are sissies when it comes to pain, <laughs> right? Because women turn you know, into that, superheroes, actually, like honestly, yeah, right? But if it's not bleeding, if it's not broken, if it's not bleeding, we just don't go to the doctor. Right. Nah, we don't. Right? So with, our, with a healthcare company too, like with IGA, one of the biggest things we're trying to push is like this mindset of prevention like getting a wellness check every year to know what your cholesterol level is to know if you're overweight and actually do something about it like exercise why do you know it's know? like all our african guys you know they got the standard i'm telling standard you belly package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you know i don't know why, uh, why is fitness like a myth especially if you if you can have a wife after after two years <laughs> if they don't see that calabash belly it's it's it's, it's all know, good it, yeah. it's like it's They're like, like, oh, he's not feeding him. It's like, <laughs> life, life is not good. I'm like, yo, like, you could still be married with two kids and a six-pack. That's that's still doable, right. you know? It's doable, but no, nah, that's not the picture we have, right? We have the belt, you know, the yeah. flip phone on the belt with the big summer, you know? Pass me the DSTV remote, you know? <laughs> yeah, but DSTV. I, 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 we we take our health for granted. Like, we really, we really take our health for granted, man, until something is alarming. Yeah. And especially with us, that's why even, you know, Eboy will tell you about our company with IGH. We yep. decided not to focus on communicable diseases. So we don't want to be taking care of malaria, uh -huh. you know, because we want to focus on diseases that by the time you know something's wrong, it's, it's close to be a game over. For right. You. It's so too diabetes, yeah. Right. Hypertension, high cholesterol, heart failure, you know, 
and, and just kind of see how we could start shifting that paradigm where we can make sure like people have access like to quality healthcare services where the only way Ivan's mom could get access to a quality doctor is Ivan who lives in America with all the stress of living in America in this climate having to buy a ticket for their mom, bring her to the U.S. The mom does not have a And I mean, that's a great breakdown of, you know, I mean, what happens, especially, I don't know how it is with the Ugandan community, but with the Gambian community, um, a lot of the times family members who are abroad, when one family member in Gambia is sick, they usually send them over to which country they are in Mm -hmm. um, for these medical treatments that they don't have access to Mm -hmm. or they don't have those you know, opportunities to to do in Gambia, for example. Right. So, you know, family has to send the, the sick family member or the ill family member, mm-hmm. um, you know, X thousands of miles abroad um, to come and get those base, those treatments that, mm-hmm. you know, the services are not being provided. Mm-hmm. And then you imagine that that's a whole country, right? My scary that is for a whole country, if my family member is sick, let's say, you know, hypertension or yeah. diabetes, yeah. you know, those checkups, they have to leave that country if I want to see them get better. Absolutely. Or else it's the phrase again, God is good. God is and, good. And right? God I, is good. bro, that's, that's big facts. I mean, it's almost every other week, you know, I'm getting a WhatsApp message of, you know, this person yeah. is, you know, needs treatment. They need to go to South Africa. They yeah. need to go to wherever. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, please pitch in, you know, send some money yeah, for but it but that's a cycle you know it, it's crazy and you know and, and the craziest thing about that is like even if they do successfully make it here there's no electronic health records in the system right. so even if you show up to a doctor in in america they ask you okay what's your medical history if it's not oral like i remember this I happened remember i remember this, yeah. this happened this doctor told me something there's no way to start and you live uh-huh. in the u.s in the U.S., if you don't have health insurance, if you don't have an established primary doctor, like getting help, you're either going to come all the way from Africa to come to the U.S. and you either end up in an in emergency room or an urgent care with ridiculously expensive health care yeah. system that you're going to, right, that you're going to leave the bill with your son or daughter who's really not doing as good financially right. as you think they are because this country it's really difficult to live a financially That's another big comfortable, we make, right? They think that we're all just big chilling, especially by home, you know? Man. Telling me to send me iPhone 6, iPhone 7. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Calm down, Pop. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's tough. And, you know, you always want to be careful when you say that because they'll be like, oh, what are you saying? It's right. still better than living in Africa. But um, you don't want to discount it. But living here is just difficult. Like, And I'll say this too, like, because, you know, obviously as a startup, I, you know, I try not to be as political a, a, in any way whatsoever. But like the times that we're in where like even as a people, like being comfortable as an immigrant in the country is becoming more uh-huh. difficult. Um, I had a moment where like after the elections of 2016, which I've written about this, you know, about what that meant to me. It was it was the first time as an adult living in America that I was like, yo, like home could never be the U.S. Home will always be right. Gambia. So I not to see what I have to do, right? Because, like, the, the universe is telling me at oh, that moment yeah. that, like, yo, it's cool. You could chase this American dream, but this dream was never designed for you. And just because it's a dream doesn't mean that it won't be a nightmare. Like, nightmares are considered dreams That's facts. Well, that's facts. Right? That's true to some people. That's, 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 <laughs> that's facts. Right? people, they'll be like, Right? I, you know, but that's what he came to. That's his own. So I'm like, at that point, luckily, that was never like 
climbing up the corporate ladder and, and you know, was never part of my long-term goals. But that election did something for me where I'm like, yo, okay, this is something that I don't want my daughter, you know, being, you know, raised in this environment, but more than anything else too, like, I don't want a legacy to be like a fancy, like retirement party after a corporate career when I go back home and I still have to fly my mom to the U.S. so that she could get, you know, quality medications for high blood pressure, you know, so things like that. A lot of elements, I think, and from a personal standpoint, contributed to like that mindset. But it, it's just it's it's critical, man. Like, I cannot tell you how bad, you know, the healthcare system is in need of like rejuvenation and this, is, and this is like it's not only you know this is just africa right? yeah. in general right you know it's you know we see it in gambia we grow up yeah you know we like we it's very dire basic healthcare needs that you know we we have that you know people it's not even a, they don't it's not even a thought for them you know no, it, it's not i think and that's what it's funny because even professionally a lot of my colleagues now after the transition mm-hmm. you know they'll they'll hit me up they, they they're curious because they were like yo you yeah. left Walgreens, what is it that you're trying to do? And you tell them like, yo, you know, when you go to Walgreens, you leave with a prescription and you look at the vial, it has your name on it. It has the medication yeah. that does not exist. In it doesn't, Africa, it doesn't. Right. <laughs> right. So something that is so basic as that. So when you tell them like, yo, I'm, you know, I would just want to be the first pharmacy that has electronic health records where a pharmacist will ask you, Ivan, do you have any allergies or health conditions before they give you ibuprofen or amoxicillin? Mm-hmm. Just to, just for you to create that is like they think it's normal because we take it for, granted, take it for right? granted you know what, yeah. what, you know how many times in gambia when you're sick they say you have malaria yeah. <laughs> everything malaria 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 like malaria. yeah no he's he just has malaria take uh chlorophyll he'll be good no literally and, and when you're a child i was telling you about this earlier you've never went to a doctor and they asked you ivan how much do you weigh <laughs> what before they give you medication yeah right? but but like almost every pediatric medication is based on how much the child right. weighs so they could Africa they'll give they the, know the dose they need, right? They'll give the same dose to an eighteen year old that they'll give to a seven year old. So you God go help home you. throwing up, they're like, all right, chlor- chloroquine makes you <laughs> right? No, that's no, your body screaming. Right? No, you just overdose me. That's what just happened. Wow. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, it's just things like that, man. But honestly, Ivan you, you about to make a lot of people realize they were overdosed. Hey, <laughs> that's facts. But there, there, once again, there's no electronic health record. So Ivan could go back to the pharmacist like, hey, you saw me this yesterday. And he was uh-huh. like, no, there's no records that well, I you saw. You see, that's true. What, right? Who did you send it to? Oh, John. John right. doesn't work okay. <laughs> John works tomorrow. Yeah. No, oh, John's, a, John, John's not a nurse. He's just a delivery no, driver. He's a delivery guy. Oh, he told you. Who told you to so you that? <laughs> right. So, so you, you just laugh at, laugh, at our, laugh at our pain because of that, man. But it, it's... It, bro, it's, it's bigger than healthcare, man. The craziest thing, too, is like that we have a potential to do is start making that African dollar exchange hands with African professionals longer. Longer. Right? And, you know? and I, so, meaning, I, I think even past that, like we're three people here, right? And yeah, we're in three yeah. very distinct fields, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine pushing, Build that pushing past our network. You know what I mean? Just right? our direct network. Right? It's like I met E. I met you through E, right? Yeah. And just having the opportunity for us to like expand our like our expertise and our knowledge past yeah. just our friend groups, you know, and our circles, it's really kind of a it, we really have opportunity. Like it's it's a huge opportunity for especially 
all of us in the diaspora to really like step forward and say this is why we're here yeah we have to build this bro network. like one, one and honestly when you hear people talk about like oh i want to be you know my ancestors wildest dream that's what their wildest dreams are right. like yo like when you look at our history the whole world wants us to forget about what happened to us but imagine a, a world where now like people who were taking you know or had to migrate for better opportunities all woke up and be like yo it's time to go back and like build our own stuff because we already you know are the most successful educated have the most money from a cap per capita standpoint yeah just make a decision one day be like yo like i know e is in this i know ish is in this i know ivan is in this like let's go and just keep do, yeah, do you it. know people everybody the whole world yeah. they, they, it'll, it'll, it'll change that whole geo you know geopolitics of the world will never be the same if like Africans in the diaspora just woke up one day were like yo we're going home yeah. right it, it just it just changes everything so now similar to like asian communities where like in the us they tell you asian communities the dollar circulates within the asian community 120 times before it leaves right right can you imagine can you imagine that Cause, and, and that's what they do yeah. like okay ivan has a bank he has a dry cleaning agent ish is a dentist or a doctor so See? guess what I am not going to take this dollar outside of the community until and, and, or unless I absolutely have right. to. Right. You see it all the time. I mean, there's there's yeah. a Chinatown. Yeah. There's no yeah, that's there's true. no yeah. Senegal town anywhere. Yeah. There's no, no South Africa town. It's No. It's a, a neighborhood maybe, you know. I, 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 you go absolutely. to Harlem. Or, or even if we do, even if you find a lot of towns in pockets where a lot of, you know, let's say Africans from one country are there, they're still that, you know, keeping the, you know, hey. the dollar between the community and, you know, promoting our professionals, our businesses. Yeah. It doesn't happen, right? No, it's, it's, it's actually psychologically, we're so brainwashed where... You don't even want that. No, Ivan will brag more than, oh, this is American. I got it from I got America. It from not, 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 oh, yeah. not from my fellow African. Because the African, they'll, they'll scrutinize you. They'll ask you, are you sure? <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. so you could... No, but it's... it's and we're facing it. Like, that's my biggest fear. Because like, I know that if I was a white man taking what I'm taking back home to the continent, I may not face the scrutiny oh, yeah. that... On people a lot more so they'll ask questions okay who's running it you know do you have a white man on your team i'm like no this is designed it's a healthcare solutions company but we take pride in making it for right. us by us because we feel like our people deserve it so a lot of that is just things that we have a long way to go in terms of just changing the mindset of what's good because what what's good doesn't always have to be something that's foreign goodness we have all the goodness within us we just haven't tapped into it that's true you know that's true. I mean, that's that's the way to look at it in terms of, I feel like that's when he tells me this, you know, it sparks these conversations that I have with Ivan, that I'll have with my own peers that, you know, Jeremiah was just here and mm-hmm. we're having these mm-hmm. conversations, you know, I have it with Jeremy, we're like, you know, we're, we're talking about first what skills we're gaining mm-hmm. here being in corporate America, um, you know, yeah, we're still, some of us, we're still climbing the corporate, uh, you know, trying to have that professional growth through the, prof- through the uh, excuse me, corporate paths individually but we're also having that collective mindset of how we can all be in positions for i hope at least to to impact um go back home and impact yeah and, and honestly even and there's nothing wrong i'll say if you just want to stay in the corporate no, we're, right. we're, just per- we're not saying oh you have to go back right, home. right. we're just saying this is our mindset and we're you know I, like i said 
I, I value people with the same mindset as you, right? Those are the people I want to be, you know, friends with, Absolute network fact, with, yeah. learn yep. from, and, you know, and, and hopefully build yep. something together. Yeah, and absolutely. And I think for the biggest thing is I'm glad you guys had brought it up, you know, in the previous podcast about how, you know, our existence as a diaspora, how does it affect or influence our African brothers, you know, who are, Af- are African-Americans in this country too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, like, we're going through this cultural shift where now, like, being African is cool mm-hmm. again, right? Like, um, our music is popping. Our culture Swag, is, like, everybody, it, it's like a mood. Like, people, Daishiki, you could rock it. Like, even personally, like, it's less, like, of a awareness thing for me to rock, like, a, a dope Daishiki out versus when I was an undergrad at, you know, in Nashville at HBCU where, like, I was getting clowned by sometimes some, you yeah. know, some of my black yeah. friends, right? So, and that's the but, support, right? But, but luckily, What's you wrong? know, I had, you know, I, I, I had a level of confidence, you know, but not every African student going to have that. You know, They're going to hide that, that and suppress that. Right? A lot of people would suppress right. that. Right. But, but now it's, it's, like a, it's, it's like a wave. So, like, we have so much power to, like, take over it. Like, it's insane. And even in terms of bringing them along with us where you take an african-american friend that you have take them to the continent so that they could see opportunities take them, educate them right educate them about it like you're just empowering them so it's when a really really critical like moment in our lives where you know i think it has to be a sense of responsibility like like hey like i think so the top 10 percent, like you know even doing you know the civil rights era with wb du bois and you know historically they'll tell you the whole idea of like being a talented 10th where a few, you know, group of people who had the education, had the influence, had to be responsible for like moving, you know, the whole race forward. So there's so many intricacies about where we are like right now that I think as young professionals, that's why, man, what you guys are doing is so great because you're creating dialogue where you never know what seeds you're planting in somebody's mind. Somebody could have been sitting on an idea. Right. They could be a lawyer. They could be yeah, in sports they, management. Know, whatever uh, it I mean, is. And you're saying the right. whole point of why you know we we have you here. Yes. You know, you're you're a prime example of that. Of you know, you've reached a certain point where, you know, nine times out of ten, someone is not hitting the the stop button of mm-hmm. that train, right? Because right? mm-hmm. you know, and and actually has that reflection of the greater. I look at it as it's the big picture, seeing the big picture. You know, like me and him, we always talk about the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow yeah. Rich book. And, you know, and I don't look at it as a just Think and Grow Rich. I look at the whole mentality, the mindset he talks about of being having. And that we, that's what we always talk about. So it inspires a lot of us, you know, if you don't realize you, it. You got you to gotta will it into existence. Will it into existence. What you, what you think you become. That Undefeated. Is, yeah. Never lost. That, that, that's, it is, and, and, you know, part of it, too, is like, like, we're African, like it, 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 it's a power that lies within where like an African man could within a span of a decade go from being a just, you know, arrived immigrant in an environment like, to what? 10 years later, we're he, crazy. he has we like a six figure job, we he has a white, white picket like, fence, like, we, you know, but if you peel back, we the, do that because we have that drive to yeah. achieve that American yep. dream, right? Absolutely. But you know, what happens after that happens, it's very, that's the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Once you reach that level, right? Six figure job, stable, any income, living the, in quotation marks, the American dream, right? Yeah. What's next? Yeah, you know, what's next? that's what separates. Mm-hmm. That's what separates the good from the great. You know, um, it's. I don't say there's nothing wrong with staying on that. You know, we're not knocking if you say, "All right, this is what I wanted to right. fulfill in life," and I'm. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, great for you. We're happy for you. 
but I'm just saying there's the other side here of us too where you know we're just we're just looking at it totally different right. and uh, and I think yeah. bro to to put that like further it's like my dad always tells me like yo you know you saying both run the race who got second yeah you know <laughs> who got third that, that's who right. got third yeah yeah you don't know because that's where the yeah. attention is. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean, I feel like today I took a whole 500 level class. I feel like I was in my that's in what my it master's feels like, program. Man. You know, this, this is you know real life. You know that that, that uh, you know, like I said, we appreciate so, this, man. Uh, it's, it's 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 just the journey, yeah. man. Like everybody, everybody has their own American, ex- you know, experience, man. It's just. Like, and the biggest thing for young professionals, what I tell people is, like, don't compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 20. So, so ambition could be, it's cool, like, because we live in a space where you could slap founder and CEO on any idea, and you'll get so much acclaim on, like, social media, but it's it's hard, it's nothing sexy about, Don't you do know. it for the cloud. So, if you have a comfortable environment as a career professional where you're growing, you're mm-hmm. learning, just just have a plan that's not based on somebody else's performance evaluation right. on you. So, so when you evaluate who you are, what you want to yeah. do, don't let somebody else dictate your potential because then they own right. you, right? And, and, and they'll, they'll keep on dangling that carrot in front of you like, here goes a promotion, here goes six-figure salary, here goes, but know like how, how valuable are you to them? Right, right, right. And what what is it that you want to do? And like Eboy says, if that's what makes you happy and gives you fulfillment, there's nothing wrong because by virtue of you being successful in America, nine times out of ten you're supporting you know people back on the continent economically. Right. So you're still part of the whole right. process, you know. It's not it's not yeah. everybody right. that should be the Bill Gates. <laughs> Through, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know what I'm saying, but you know, but it's good to know. It's definitely good to know. And like I said, Ivan, I know when we post, we'll put uh, if people who want to know more about what he's yeah. doing, he's, yeah, you know, what he's planning on doing. You know, for me, like I said, personally, this is, uh, I, like I said, you know, I've never had to look outside for any role models, right? Or anything. So, and just hearing this, you know, that's a prime example, right? There's nothing else that needs to be said, but you know, it's important. I feel like for us to understand these things and uh, see, you know, what someone's going through, what their experiences, what they're learning, he's letting us know and we should take it seriously, I feel like, as well, you know. 100%, no, absolutely. 100%, 100% yeah. bro. And you guys are doing it, man. The future's bright. What excites me is, like, you guys are doing things in your, like, early 20s, like, that we had to wait till we're, like, 30, 32, so collectively we're winning that's why with e like in view i'm always proud because i'm like yo when i was his age like i was so in in on the hamster wheel like going through Mm -hmm. it like in america where now like he's you know professionally he's so we're moving ahead so there's still a lot of hope you know in all of us that you know is commendable man so we just gotta make it infectious, like Ivan was talking about, like start planting seeds, having people have conversations about right. it, um, just to see how we could we could move it together, man. So I can't, I'm, I'm really a, you know, a fan of Messi, this project. Man, Messi, we're, Messi, really Messi. And we're learning from the best, so. Look, mm. look, I'm telling you, Ivan, we're too lucky out here. It, we be fools not to take advantage of it, man, I'm saying. Look, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's how I, that's. That's how I look at it. So, man, thanks, 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 big yeah, bro. Appreciate for, uh, you coming on, man. In. 
you know. No, no doubt. And I'm still rooting for Hot Boy Summer. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I, I've been I, I just make sure you keep you know get off look, injury reserve. Uh, yeah, look, my, look, Evan, this guy here, he he has to be the you know the symbol of uh, of a hot boy summer. This man is like thirty three with like eleven percent body fat, you know. So uh, look, I hope I'll be like him when I'm thirty. Hey, me too, man. He's a he's a way runner, you know. No, I, I'm just trying to look the part. I can't be a you know, a healthcare professional telling you, my guy, you should lose weight. And then I have a big, I have a big yeah, yeah. myself. It, 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 it's, it's a contradicting I image. Feel, yeah, For sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, yeah. this was great, bro. This was, this was really good, man. I'm, I'm happy. All right. Thanks for coming on, Ish. And um, I don't know, man. What's, I don't think it's the last time we'll hear from you on here. We wouldn't, but we'll just make sure for people who want to learn more about him, his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, what he, you know, and what his initiative is, what he's trying to do back home. We'll just make sure we'll, you know, when we're posting this, we'll put it, we'll share all the info there to, you know, to his IGH, to his, even if people want to listen to his blog, read his blogs, um, where he talks about a lot of these things, you know. I learn a lot from him and I feel like people will learn a lot. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, man. We're highlighting African talent. We're sparking the conversation. Across the continent, whatever you are, we're highlighting. Hey, look, yeah. There's so much we can be doing and watching, you know, the reality. And guaranteed, guaranteed, there's a med school student out there. There's an under a biology That's undergrad. what I'm saying. That's why we said it. Y'all heard, you Whatever know, it is. the black female professional was there last year. The la- from last episode, I heard it. And it's the same thing as, you know, is this one, med yep. school or anything. Other, the other young men out there, you know, that I mean, could possibly at one point go over this and listen to this. You never know, man. Shit. Yeah, it's, it's all exactly. love, man. Let's just sow the seeds, man. Let, let's let's truly become our ancestors' wildest dreams, man. It, it's it's doable, man. We forgot. Hey, we forgot the fax machine and the and the the air horn today. Look, I think the fax <laughs> the fax machine would have been on overtime, goddamn. <laughs> nah, but uh, uh, appreciate you coming out, man. It's- all, all love, man. You guys keep up the good work, man. You know, just keep keep at it. Yes, sir. Man. Keep at it. Yes, sir. It, it's it's necessary for the culture. It really yes, is. Sir. Serious guys. Serious guys. Fun, fun guys. <laughs> fun guys. Serious guys. Not jokers. We out. Signing up. Peace. All right. All right.